The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we answer listener questions, including what to do without a park ticket, how to handle strollers, fast passes, and a lot more. Thanks to everyone who sent questions in. Final episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you left us a positive review. Special thank you to Awesome31459265, aka Awesome Pie, for your kind review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So it's the end of the summer, and we've had a lot of questions from listeners roll in through email, and we've answered most of them via email, but you know, there's a lot of good questions in there. Kind of some stuff that will clarify things that we said in previous episodes and other things that are questions we didn't think of, but don't require an, an episode dedicated to them completely. So we thought here uh, at the end of August, we th- we tackle uh, some of these questions. So, Leslie, you ready to get to some listener questions? Yes, love listener questions. Yeah, and thanks again so much for all of you who listen regularly. Uh, we really appreciate your feedback and your kind words. Um, so thanks so much. And we hope that you have had great Disney vacations in at least small part due to this podcast. All right, so let's start with Brian. So Brian is thinking of taking his, his entire family in the future, but he's also considering, because he's down in Orlando from work from time to time, doing a reconnaissance mission before he brings his family. So Brian asks, are there ways to just walk around, get a feel for, and maybe eat at some of the resorts without being a guest? Are there other no-cost things to do just to get a better feel for the area and maybe help the decision process when it comes time to book? So we covered how to enjoy Disney World without a ticket in episode 22, but I think a great kind of extension of this question, Leslie, is if you were recommending people who are checking out Disney World, getting a feel for it, but not actually buying tickets for the parks and maybe doing a reconnaissance trip like Brian, you know, what would you suggest or what would you do if you were kind of scoping things out? Yeah, great question. The first thing that I would do is probably take a a loop of the monorail and get off at the different resorts there just to get a sort of feel. I mean, that's the original center of Walt Disney World. And those were the original resorts and the original park. So I think it's really important to sort of see how important it is to you to be in that smaller Disney bubble, the Magic Kingdom bubble. And of course, it's a pricey bubble as as we as we know. Um, so that would be my first thought. But I mean, gosh, there's so many hotels now, I, you know, I'd say just go check out maybe a moderate or a value to see the comparison. You can absolutely just go go there, you know, take a look around, eat at one of the restaurants, walk around, see the grounds. But I, I think it's important to get a feel for the differing amenities at different price points. What do you think, Joe? 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I think if you have the time and if you're thinking of staying on site, you know, it'd be worthwhile to check out, say, one value, one moderate, uh, one deluxe resort. I totally agree, though. You know, if you're short on time, at the very least, take a loop around the monorail, get a feel for, you know, that's kind of what the rest of Disney World uh at large, not just like the Magic Kingdom or that area, will feel like. And that kind of is a microcosm of what's going on, albeit those are like the fanciest and most expensive hotels. But, you know, I would say if you do the monorail loop, then you've checked out a bunch of deluxe hotels. Uh, I like Port Orleans Riverside. Um, you can check that out or you can check out Coronado Springs for another moderate. And for values, you know, I think for values... I would say start by checking out the all-stars just because those are the ones where you know for sure the rooms are like least expensive. Like Art of Animation can get more expensive with the family suites and things like that. And Pop Century's price is probably going up soon too. So, uh, you know, check out that for the value. So that's what I would say. I also, uh, I actually, we emailed Brian back and we said, um, you know, he might want to consider checking out Disney Springs as well. What do you think about that, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, certainly if you just want to experience a little bit of Disney magic and and get the lay of the land, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a must-do because I certainly go to Disney trips on Disney trips and never set foot in Disney Springs, but there's a lot of entertainment and a lot of eating there if, you know, of course, you don't want to spring for a park ticket. Uh, one more thing I should also add is that pretty soon you're going to be able to take a ride on the Skyliner. So I think I would probably add that. I mean, obviously, I'll have to experience it and make sure it's, it's all that it's cracked up to be, but that would give you a chance to resort hop as well is to check out the, out the different resorts that will soon be on the Skyliner route. Yeah, good call. And I was gonna say that if so Brian in his email said that he's also like, uh, kind of type A and he likes to, you know, account for everything. So owing to what he said there, you know, I would go into suggest, you know, maybe he should just take a ride on some of the buses to f- see what it feels like. But you know, you could totally do that. Um, you know, you could ride the bus, see what it's like, ride the Skyliner, ride the friendship boats, uh, ride the monorail, and you kind of get a feel for all the different transportation options Disney has, um, you know, especially if you're going to take your family there later and they need to utilize those options. Well, I know your transportation loving son would certainly enjoy that recommendation. <laughs> yeah, he most certainly would. I mean, perfect example of a kid who does not need a park ticket to enjoy the area. Just for reference, the Skyliner is officially opening on September 29th, 2019. So, you know, if you're there uh, and it's it's going to be free, um, you can get on at any resort at any of the stops. Um, obviously, it'll stop outside some of the parks. It won't stop inside the parks. And if you have a ticket, you can go in there. Going to be pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to ride in. I know you are, too. Most definitely. You're going to get on it. I have a feeling about 48 hours before I will for the first time. So super jealous. <laughs> I mean, we'll both be there. Oh, and Brian also had one other quick question about the ticketed events like Halloween and Christmas. The event ticket holders get into the park before the party starts, but how do you know how Disney gets the non-ticket holders out of the park before the party starts? So people who have party tickets will get wristbands, and cast members will politely usher those without wristbands out at the appropriate time. So, um, you know, it's a pretty simple process there. That's right. And even if you try to overstay your welcome, you certainly won't be able to get into into lines for rides. That's that's a hard a hard stop for for folks who try to stay past the hours of the party start time. Yeah, and I they'll pretty much sweep everyone out uh, so that they don't get to see the parade. So don't try to cheat the system. Although I know people <laughs> can be successful doing that, but with a lot of work, way too much work for me. Just buy the ticket. All right, next question, Leslie. You want to read this one? Certainly. Our next question is from Ashley, and she wants us to do an episode on using undercover tourist. 
I don't know if it justifies a whole episode, but I'm certainly happy happy to talk about the details. Joe, why don't you start by telling us what Undercover Tourist is? Yeah, so Undercover Tourist is a website that sells discounted Disney tickets, uh, Universal Orlando tickets as well, probably other tickets too, but it is kind of a main go-to source of discounted tickets for Disney people. And I think the first thing people always ask, like I've had personal friends email me and ask as well, is Undercover Tourist legit? Like, why are they discounting these prices? Disney doesn't seem to discount its ticket prices ever. And if they do, they always offer it through their website. So why does Undercover Tourist have discounted prices? So can you answer that? Are they legit? And why do they have discounted prices? They are definitely legit. I have used them personally. I've used many other companies like them that are authorized third-party resellers of Disney tickets. Um, other ones include Getaway Today. There's another company called Ares. I'm not sure if they do Disney World, but I know they do Disneyland. So there are there are companies like this that partner directly with Disney, and it's all above board. So there's no need to worry about that. As for why they discount, I mean that is a that's a deeper question than perhaps I'm prepared to answer. I mean, they're travel agencies, right? And so they buy in bulk and they're, you know, Disney wants to sell a lot of volume and these, these companies help with that. And uh, so I guess for that privilege, they're, they're kind of getting a wholesale price. That's my best guess. What do you think, Joe? No, I, that, I think that's the case. They buy in bulk. They buy wholesale. Um, that's why, you know, whenever ticket prices increase, uh, sites like Undercover Tourist, Getaway Today, et cetera, will have, will often have tickets for sale at the old prices for a few days until they like physically sell out. Um, obviously these days all ticket media is digital, but they like will buy like thousands of four day tickets, five day tickets, six day tickets. So when the ticket prices go up, you can still buy those old four day and five day tickets. Actually, I'm curious. I'm not sure whether with the date based ticketing that has become obsolete, but you know, I think it's still the same case because even with a date based ticketing, uh, undercover tour still offers discounts. One kind of thing to know, uh, especially if you're into credit card rewards like Leslie and I are, um, you have cards like the Capital One Venture or the Barclay Arrival card that will reimburse you for travel. Like you can use your points to pay for travel expenses. Undercover tourists and getaway today count as travel. So you can use your points to zap those purchases if um, that's kind of your thing. So that's just kind of one more note there about undercover tourists. Anything else? I think we covered most of it. Yeah, I just add too is that a lot of times these different companies will price match. That's something to keep in mind. Like I know undercover tourists, especially I, I keep track of Disneyland tickets probably more often than I do Disney World. Undercover tourists often will have the cheapest price on Disneyland tickets, but the company Getaway Today will actually price match if and when they do. So you know, don't be afraid to pick up the phone um, because I personally prefer booking my Disney tickets with Getaway Today because they have such superior customer service. Like if you mess up something and book the wrong ticket or the wrong date, like they fix it, no problem. And you don't get that same kind of service with like sort of the bigger and bulk companies. So that's just like a word of to the wise, like always th th there is some negotiability <laughs> when these travel agencies are competing for your business. The phone? Who picks up the phone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I try to do everything by email. I do too. I, can. I do too. But if I can get, I guess you it's know. worth. Yeah, you save. If you save ten to. Oh, we should also note that these are not. We're not talking huge savings here. We're just talking like ten to maybe five to ten dollars a day max. Um, but it adds up over time. Um, you know, five to ten dollars per day per ticket for a family of four or five. You know, that's going to add up to at least a decent meal, if not a couple. All right. So moving on. 
The next question is from Richard, and uh, I shot Richard an email today with a huge apology. We totally missed this question. It came in via our feedback form uh, on the website. So sorry, Richard, uh, we're answering this question now. Hopefully it's not too late, but if it is, apologies again, but hopefully this can help others as well. So Richard says, we'll be traveling with a five-year-old and a 22-month-old. We're thinking that we'll likely need a double stroller or two single strollers so that we aren't having to carry one or both of them in the heat, that being the kids, I think. We have a double stroller, but long story short, we aren't planning to bring it. With that said, we're trying to figure out whether to rent a stroller or strollers, plural. So this is close to the spread between your daughter and your son. And this is the spread between my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter. So, you know, what has been your kind of stroller strategy? Do you go with a double stroller? Have you gone with two single strollers? You know, what kind of would be your recommendation here for people with kids uh, at this age? Yeah, my kids are four and a half years apart. So we never had to do a double stroller because by the time we went to a Disney park with my son, my daughter was old enough to to walk. I mean, the five and six year old range is like really the big question mark where I'd say whether you need a stroller absolutely depends on your child. And my daughter at five was fully walking it. My son at five is not fully walking it yet. So I'd say just sort of know the personality and of your kid to know whether the five-year-old needs it or not. I mean, if you think the five-year-old would only need it in a pinch, then maybe one single stroller would be enough, especially if you have like a carrier for the toddler or I don't know, it's it's hit or miss. I mean, I would say if the choice is between two single strollers and a double stroller, I would absolutely go with a double stroller. I don't think you want to have both parents having to push uh, a different device, but uh, you, you've got three. What, what say you, Joe? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's all a mess. We have done it both ways. Uh, when we had two, we've done it both ways. And with three we've also actually when we had three at the parks we only had one stroller uh, but it ended up being fine uh, but that was just for one day so you know it wasn't super long so we've done it both ways we've rented a double stroller from orlando stroller rentals we have also brought a single stroller and then rented a single stroller also from orlando stroller rentals and i've also rented from disney world itself renting from disney world itself is more expensive um but you know it's easy you get to the park you pick it up but to be honest, the time that I did that, it was just myself and my oldest daughter. We were snowed in uh, in Boston, so we couldn't get back to Boston. So we were there for an extra day. And so, you know, I didn't have a stroller with me. So I just got a stroller for her from Disney for that day. Those strollers are OK. It's convenient. But again, you have to get your kid inside the gates to use those strollers. For the two single strollers, it is annoying for both parents to have to push. But it works sometimes because if you want to split up, then uh, it goes well. You don't, you know, both your kids, if they both need strollers, are going to have strollers. For the double stroller, I really like the double stroller um, from Orlando Stroller Rentals and pretty much all the rental companies in Orlando. They rent those city minis, which fold up very easily. The only issue is that they're a little bulky on the buses. But bottom line, I don't think you can go wrong with any of these options, but there are pros and cons to each. Um, and definitely I agree with you, Leslie, you got to know your kids and know like how much they're going to be able to walk. And I guess if you push one to try to have them walk and they can't handle it, you can always rent a stroller from Disney in an emergency. That's fair. It's nice to have that back up there. So sounds like there's more than one way to skin a cat here when it comes to the stroller question. I'm really grateful that I, I guess that for my four and a half year age gap, because uh, it, it truly saved me at Disney. Yeah, and you're uh, aging out of the whole thing. The last thing is, my best advice is whatever you do at home is probably what's going to work best at Disney World. So if your kids are used to a double stroller at home and you're used to kind of how to handle that, then 
probably renting or bringing a double stroller uh, to Disney World is going to be what works best for you. Because for us, when we travel, you know, when we make our mistakes, when we lose stuff or, uh, you know, forget a kid somewhere or something like that, just kidding. It's always because we are not using equipment that we're used to. So, you know, definitely go with what you're used to. Fair enough. Is, is that how the uh, backpack got lost years ago? Not not the kid, but the backpack. Yes, that is exactly how the backpack got lost because we had a stroller that we were not used to. Normally, we have it hanging off the back of our stroller, but we didn't hang, have it hanging off of this one. And that's why we left it on the side. And that's why we got on the bus without it. So bummer. All right. Well, wise words. All right. Our next question is from Tiffany. And she has a fast pass question about flight of passage uh, for a four-year-old. So it sounds like her four-year-old is not tall enough for flight of passage or maybe just isn't interested in riding flight of passage. Okay, so her question is, will there be any kickback from someone else scanning the four-year-old's fast pass on the rides where she is too short? So it sounds like she wants to use her four-year-old's uh, fast pass allotment to maybe ride it a second time herself. And in our experience, uh, there is no pushback. I have certainly used my daughter or son's magic band and fast pass to ride a ride sort of in their name using their ticket and have never had any problems. What about you, Joe? Yeah, same. So when you tap your fast pass, the name pops up, um, but you know, they really don't care. And there's no like kind of age. So there's not going to be an alert that says, Oh, this is a four year old or whatever. And, you know, of course, there's no real reason for Disney to do that because there are some four year olds who are tall enough to ride flight of passage and there's some four year olds who are not tall enough. Um, so yep, you don't have to worry about it. If you have a fast pass, let's say you have a family of four, one person doesn't want to ride something, they don't use their fast pass, then someone else in the family can use it to ride again if they'd like. All right, so Tiffany has a follow-up question that I can answer really quickly. Uh, she asks if she doesn't buy Magic Bands um, because they're staying off-site, does she use her phone, like My Disney Experience app on her phone, to tap into the FastPass kiosk? Or does she use the RFID card that Disney sends her as her ticket? And the answer is you have to use your RFID card. My Disney Experience, you can use to book your FastPasses, but... Unlike Disneyland, you don't use it to get into your actual FastPass. Actually, Disneyland, you don't use it to get in your actual FastPass either, right? No, you can actually use your your phone to uh, scan your to scan into the ride at Disneyland. Oh, okay. So Disneyland you is you know more technologically advanced. Although in Disney World, don't worry, they're tracking you everywhere with your Magic Band. So absolutely, it's all good. <laughs> all right. So last question, also on the fl- flight of passage tip, is from Tim. I'll be traveling to Disney World with my wife and three kids. Two don't or cannot ride Flight of Passage, two of the kids. Should I just get two Flight of Passage Fast Passes and three Navi River Journey, or is there a better way to do it? So this is kind of like a what's the best way to maximize Flight of Passage question, or at least when I see it, it's like, how can I get people who want to ride Flight of Passage on Flight of Passage as many times as possible? So what do you think, Leslie? How do you think you should handle the uh, planning for this situation? So there are a couple of different strategies you could employ. And the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, you're, you're going to want to ultimately utilize rider switch when you have kids who are too short or too scared to ride rides. So how many fast passes do you need to get to start? I mean, a minimum of two for flight of passage. So that way, parent number one rides with the child who's old enough, then you get a rider switch pass. So then parrot number two can ri- can ride again with the child who is old enough. So that's the minimum that you need is two fast passes. But one thing we haven't talked about is whether you're going to rope drop. And if you're going to rope drop, then you should be rope dropping Navi River Journey and not even worrying about fast passes for that ride. What say you, Joe? Yeah, I agree. I think if you rope drop 
everyone's going to be running to Flight of Passage who doesn't have a fast pass. And so Navi River Journey, bet you at this point, is going to have like lines of less than 10 minutes, especially with this extra, extra magic hours that's going on through November or whatever at 6 a.m. Like no one is going to, no one wakes up at 5 a.m. to go ride Navi River Journey at 6 a.m. And so you could definitely do what Leslie said. I think that's the bare minimum that you should do. If it's me personally, I'd probably, I'd be okay missing Navi River Journey uh, in a scenario where we're not rope dropping. But if we are rope dropping, what I would say is actually take all five of your family, rope drop Navi River Journey, and then have five fast passes for Flight of Passage, if you can get them, and then just use rider switches with them and just kind of keep doing that to ride as many times as you can possibly ride. So without going too crazy, you go... Adult one with child who can ride it, get the rider switch. Then adult two uses that rider switch with that child. Then adult two <laughs> goes in again with that child and gets a rider switch. And then they can go again. And then you have the two left over for the little kids who didn't use their fi- So you could ride like five times total if you want it. At least the uh, oldest child, if they're crazy. Yeah, that oldest child is going to be a little bit dizzy by the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, it it does work. And I mean, I guess we should give the caveat that once in a blue moon, we are hearing tell that cast members are asking if when you're using Rider Switch, if everybody has a fast pass for the attraction. I mean, that that does happen, but not with enough regularity that I'm that worried about it. Yeah, and I still have not heard that ever happening at flight of passage. Um, but please let us know if that's happened to you. But if you go with my plan and road drop Navi and have five fast passes for flight of passage, you're going to be all square for that. Anyway, what should the other three do while the other two are going on flight of passage five times? You know, I think there's lots of stuff you can do, but you can just with the little kids, just take them to the boneyard in dino land. Hopefully it's open um, and they can just play in that playground while they're waiting. I'm sure they'll be perfectly happy. The one thing to not take the little kids to, uh, if you've listened to us before, is it's tough to be a bug. You will just scar them for life. Yeah, super terrifying. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still scarred for life. Yeah. From that ride. Yeah, fair enough. That Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quick Disney do before we close out. I had already alluded to the extra, extra magic hour benefit. So we just wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about that. From August 29th until November 2nd, Disney is offering extra, extra magic hours to people staying at a Disney World Resort or the Swan and Dolphin, Shades of Green, Disney Springs Resort Area Hotels, the Four Seasons, Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek, and the Waldorf Astoria. So that's a long list, but if you're staying at any of those hotels or Disney Resort, you don't only get regular extra magic hours, but there are the extra, extra magic hours benefit, which is from 7 to 8 a.m. every day at Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, and from 6 a.m. on at Hollywood Studios. And so my Disney do is, if you can wake up early enough, do take advantage of the 7 a.m. extra magic hours at Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, because it's likely that lines are going to be even lower than normal extra magic hours. Note that during extra magic hours, you can't have fast passes. There will be no fast passes being used at all at those times, so they're the regular lines, but normally you should be able to bang out quite a few rides at that time. Great tip. All right. So that does it for listener questions. If you have a question, um, feel free to shoot us an email, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or tweet at us at WDWDeciphered on Twitter or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks to all who have sent in questions. Please, uh, we really like answering questions. It helps us to think about, you know, how we can improve our trips because, you know, we don't always have the answers. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will talk to you all next week. And Leslie, I will see you at the information desk. Thanks, Joe.